This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. something to celebrate today, or if something good's going on in your life, your team has won. It's, you know, you've just found out that you're going to have a baby. I don't know. It's your birthday. Who knows? But life is good. There is something to celebrate. I don't know if you're with me this morning. But what happens when we don't feel like celebrating? What happens when that happy feeling is there in the moment, in the celebration, but but then it's not there. Well, we're continuing our series this morning, The Evidence of Transformation. And maybe you can guess which part we're going to be talking about today. Let's look in the Bible at our key scripture for this series. In Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23, it says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We are talking joy this morning. We are talking, what does it mean to be joyful? What does it mean to live a joyful life? What does that look like in our life and the joyful life that God has got for us? How about that? Are we up for that? Cool. I'd love a bit of response this morning. You know, if you think it's good or that kind of thing, as I've probably said before, if you heard me speak, my name's Dana, the same guy that was on the the thing before. Um, Not the one with the mustache. Uh, He's right there. Um, And uh, I'd love it, you know, to hear a bit of feedback from you. I just want to know that you're still awake this morning into this. Uh, So you can say that's good or yeah, that's good or true or anything like that. Or preach it, white boy, if you just want to throw that in there, you know. Slip it, slip it in there. That's cool. So we're talking the evidence of transformation, how God is transforming our lives. And we're on part two, and we're talking about joy. You see, the thing is, when we're talking the evidence of transformation, we're talking about the fact that Jesus lives in, can live in us. When we say, actually, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to live my life for you. And he begins to transform us by his spirit, by his Holy Spirit. And the evidence of this transformation, which he begins in us, is what we know as the fruit of the Spirit right here. And that's what we're talking about in this series. And so when we're talking joy, you know, sometimes what I think with joy, it's like the forgotten part of the fruit. Maybe it's just me. But I sometimes think, maybe, is it the forgotten part of the fruit? I love being British. And and most of us are British here. We have some amazing people from around the world who are part of our church, and that is awesome. But British people... We have a bit of a tendency to, you know, go and do something 
Like we go to Alton Towers, or we go, and, or we go to the cinema, or we go, go on like a holiday or something, and, and we come back and we talk about a few major things. We talk about the weather, and then we usually talk about the one thing that went wrong. Amazing holiday, or we don't, we don't even say amazing sometimes, we're like, yeah, holiday was great, and this, the toaster in the apartment was broken. Can you believe it? Who gives you a broken toaster? Do they not know that we're British? The kettle, worse, the kettle didn't work. Whoa, whoo, shoot me down. Reception knew about that five minutes after you'd got in the room, didn't they? And the thing is this, is sometimes when we're British, we, we maybe think, oh, joy, that's for the, you know, the cheesy Americanness, and no offense to the Americans in the room. Just, just being honest to say how it is. And sometimes we, we, maybe we sense that and we go, okay, that's just like for the, for the cheesy Americans. But actually it's like, well, what about us? What about our joy? Where does our joy come through? Maybe we're missing something. And when God transforms us, he wants to allow the joy to come out. You know, sometimes our joy is so deep as Christians, it hasn't hit our face yet, you know? And it's just like, you know, we've got to let that joy out because it's part of the transformation that is in us. God has given us a spirit of joy. You know, the fruit, the fruit of the spirit, the evidence of transformation, one of them is not boring or drab. But do these things emanate more before joy comes out? You know, and the thing is this, is that it's God's spirit that bears this fruit in our life, that bears this evidence of him transforming us, because it's in his nature. We are created in his likeness, the Bible says, in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And it talks about the fact we're created in his likeness, and one of God's characteristics, therefore, must be joy. That actually God is a faithful, strong, courageous God, but he's also a joyful God. It says in Zephaniah that he sings praises over us. He is joyful over us. That is our God and that is who he has created us to be. And maybe it, we, we forget it sometimes because we've forgotten its place. You see, I believe this, and this is a statement we're going to keep coming back to in this message, that joy is a key rhythm, sorry, is a consistent rhythm in life, not just a fleeting feeling. Joy is a constant rhythm in life, not just a fleeting feeling. That's the correct version rather than the two previous I just said. That joy is a constant rhythm in life, not just a fleeting feeling. That actually, if love, and we talked about love last week, if love is like the foundation of our transformation, because it is because of love, the fact that Jesus died on a cross, rose from the dead, because he loved us that much, that love becomes the foundation for our transformation, that joy is one of our rhythms. Joy puts the bounce in our step. And and, and you think, well, where do you get this from? Well, let me show you verse 24 and 25. It says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The rhythm that God has given us. And this enables us to push through the challenges and issues that come our way, the situations that we find ourselves in. And joy reminds us that the best is yet to come. That God has got more for us. That actually, this, what we have right now, isn't it. God's not done with us. God wants to do more in and through us. And how exciting is that? And more joy will come out throughout that process of transformation. And joy is way stronger and bigger than a feeling. 
You see, if we're happy in a moment because of something or because of what someone's done, and, and, and happiness is a, is, a, is a great feeling, a good feeling, but it can come and go. It's an emotion, and, and, and there's so many different emotions, isn't there, that fly around our lives, and, and some of them are represented on the screen, and maybe you feel some of these sometimes, or you text your friends some of these, or put it on Facebook, or wherever it might be, but actually, it, it's, it's a feeling, it's an emotion, but it doesn't um, dictate our direction. You see... It's kind of like, happiness is kind of like this. You see, uh, I've got these balloons here, and happiness is a bit like these balloons. You see, what happens is this, is that we, we have a moment, or something makes us happy, and that's great, and that's good, but then something else happens. And then, oh, okay, we have a happy moment, it's going good, and then something else happens. Uh, and our happiness uh, can sometimes come and go, because it's a feeling, it's an emotion. And so if we uh, just base it on that, well, has God not got more for us? Yes. The fact that our emotions are fine and we need to understand them. And, and, and I'm not having a go at happiness. I'm just saying there is more. Yes. I'm just saying God's got more for us than, than just happiness in the moment. Because happiness comes and goes. And we live in a culture of the pursuit of self-gratification and pleasure. That's the culture that we live in. That's the kind of place that we find ourselves in. And when we're happy, it's a great feeling, it's a great moment. And I love feeling happy, and, and I'd love to feel happy all the time. But joy has got more for us, because joy is of God's spirit, and it is consistent and constant as we allow him to bear it in our lives. You see, joy is consistent contentedness in a world of instant gratification, See, joy is consistent contentedness in a world of instant gratification. The stuff that is thrown at us through adverts and YouTube and what's on our social media and all these different things. And then if you've ever shopped at one shop once, they are going to email you 10 million times. Because apparently they have a different sale on every week. Or the, or the email that you get as you, as you sign in front of your computer is just so tempted to click on it and just go, Oh, sale! Sale! And there's... Oh, or best one that I ever received was, you need this. Let's just get straight to the point. You need this. You know, we don't need it, do we? There's someone sending, there's a computer sending me that email going, you need this. And, and online shopping and all these kind of things that we find. And there's nothing wrong with online shopping. But the thing is, this is that it's used in a way that it's like, you can get this right now. And you can have it within 24 hours. It's, it's virtually instantaneous. They literally couldn't get it to you any faster unless they literally came and made it in your house. Or you lived in the warehouse. And, and some of my friends really inspire me because their contentedness with life is so refreshing. That actually for some of us, we've got, God's put amazing, amazing things in us. And we're like, yeah, we want to succeed. And, and I hope we all want to succeed to some level. But some of my friends, they really inspire me because they're just like, I am content with being faithful. I am content with keep going for God. And that's of joy. That is of joy, and it's absolutely amazing. It inspires me, because I'm like, is there more, is there more, is there more? And not online shopping necessarily, but just in life. And their contentness always inspires me and goes, well, what have you got right now? What has God given you right now in the moment? So joy is a consistent contentedness in a world of instant gratification. Whether our, when our happiness comes out of joy, we know that we aren't just living for ourselves. And that is amazing. Because the happiness can come out of joy. But when we choose to allow it to be a constant rhythm 
in our life, not just a fleeting feeling. It is joy that enables us to persevere and, and reminds us of purpose. See, it's joy that also reflects purpose. Joy reflects purpose. We, wanna, we want joy. We want to have a joyful life, and that's true, and that's really important. But the Spirit reminds us of purpose. Reminds us of the purpose that God has got for us. Just the purpose that he's got for our lives. You see, when we see joy in the Bible, I believe true joy, I believe it always links back to purpose. And I see purpose in those stories. Knowing that we don't just need to run after self-gratification, instant gratification to feel happy for a moment. But allowing joy to be a rhythm in our life. And that's where happiness then it links back to. So we see men and women throughout scripture who... I, just, I, just, I want to read that Galatians 5 to you again, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Then here's some people that do this. Jesus, the ultimate example. It says in Hebrews 12, verse 2, that Jesus, it's going to be on the screen, for the joy set before him, Jesus, endured the cross. Eh? The cross and joy. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because he was in rhythm with God. He was in step with the Spirit. And it linked back to purpose, why he was even here on earth. Let me show you some more. Paul and Silas, the great apostle Paul that we see, who writes a lot of the New Testament, they find themselves in prison for doing something good, but what people didn't like because it messed up their systems. And they find themselves in the deepest, darkest dungeon, beaten, battered, and they begin to sing praises to God. And an earthquake happens, just simultaneous. Or was it a miracle? And this earthquake happens, the doors come off the jail, everyone is set free. Well, their joy in that moment has to be linked back to purpose. Because why would they be joyful? Why would they sing praise to God when they are in probably one of the worst situations of their life? You know, there's a story of a guy who comes to Jesus because his daughter is very ill, he's a centurion. And Jesus um, raises um, his daughter back to life. He raises his daughter back to life. And in that moment, it then said, news spread. News spread. Because Jesus had done something significant. This guy had recognized Jesus as Lord. And then Jesus did a miracle. And then joy spread. And it linked back to the purpose of the fact that he said, Jesus, you are Lord. You are greater than me. You're greater than Caesar. You're greater than my commander. Lazarus. He was raised to life because God had more for him. And so Jesus could know, actually, I'm not going to mourn because I know I'm going to raise him to life. I think about David. It says in the Bible that David was undignified in his dancing before God. And hopefully it was way, way better than mine. But David danced before God because he, he was celebrating what God was doing. And even though he was the king, he was meant to be prim and proper. He danced before the Lord with all his might because he saw what God was doing and it linked back to the purpose that God had called him to. In Nehemiah, when he, when he discovers what has happened to Jerusalem and the mess that it is in, he says, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then I love the story Jesus tells about the prodigal son. The son that asked the father for all the money. He asked him for everything. He, you know, he wants his inheritance. He wants his half, his share. Basically wishing his dad's dead. He goes off, just, just kind of gets rid of it all by different means. And then 
and, but his father is out waiting for him. And when his father sees him in the distance, his father goes running to him and, and embraces him with such a great joy. And then he throws a party. And it's absolutely amazing. And I love that that is in the nature of God. That is in the nature of Father God because that is how our Father embraces us. You see, the, if Jesus didn't endure the cross for the joy set before him, then we wouldn't have been able to be fully embraced by the Father. And it's that love that Jesus showed, that actually it was the joy that helped him to endure the cross that enables us to embrace with the Father. You know, God's heart breaks when he sees our lives and thinks, oh, there's so much more for us. There's so much more. God's got so much more for us. And he said, just come back to me. Come into my arms. Come to me. Say, just actually say, you know, come on, you're the boss, God. Let me follow your lead. You know me best. You created me. And you've put these things in me. And you want to continually transform me. See, so joy and purpose are intertwined. They're two intertwined factors. We can't really have full joy without discovering our purpose. Show me someone with joy and I'll show you someone with purpose. You know, this summer, there was a group of us who went to the Czech Republic. And as I was standing there one day, halfway through the trip, I, I, was, just, I was just on my own. I think I was outside and I was standing there. And, and I was just re- reflecting on the trip and how amazing it was going and all this kind of thing. And the fun we were having... And we're seeing what God was doing. And, and God just whispered something to me. He just said, this is what you were made for. This is what you were made for. You see, God reminded me of my purpose. God reminded me of my purpose in a moment where maybe I felt like there was a bunch of other stuff going on in life and different things. But God in that moment reminded me of purpose. And I thought there was a bunch of stuff I don't have that maybe you have. And maybe there's some stuff I have that you don't have. But in life, my joy doesn't come from the stuff I have or the stuff I might want to have. And I'll have joy when I have this, that, and the other. I'll have joy when I've sorted these things out in my life or I have these things in line in my life. No, joy, uh, joy. God wants us to have joy right now where we are. But how do we discover purpose? If, if, if joy and purpose are interlinked, how do we discover our purpose? Maybe you think, oh yeah, it's fine, they're linked, but I don't understand my purpose. So I, I've got a misty view of my purpose. Well, it simply says this in the Bible, and I believe this is the key to discovering our purpose. It says in Matthew 6, 33, says this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So everything, therefore, includes purpose in my book. Because sometimes we think that's um, provision and resource and different things. But actually, everything we need includes purpose. Includes God giving us purpose. When we seek first him, when we say, actually, I'm not going to seek joy. I'm going to seek the joy giver. I'm not going to seek joy. I'm going to seek the joy giver. I'm going to put him first. And we begin to get in step with him. We begin to get in rhythm with him. And the, and the constant rhythm of joy become, become, becomes apparent in our lives. as He continues to transform us. You see, joy enables us to enjoy life. Joy enables us to enjoy life, which maybe you think, okay, that makes sense, that's obvious. But, but when we actually enjoy something, we, we possess it or own it, or actually this is, we're enjoying this, we're in the moment, we are in joy in, in, in this. And, and when Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, I want to give you life and life to the full, well, that's something enjoyable. That actually, when, we are, uh, when joy is evident in our life, we're enjoying life. It is coming out of us. Because it doesn't just benefit us, it benefits those around us. 
You know, this, this summer I got, um, I got a, a Facebook message from a guy that uh, me and my dad met in Spain back in, back in June, and a guy that we became friends with, and, and I added him on Facebook. Uh, and we were just out there enjoying a holiday, and, and he messaged me something amazing, which absolutely blew my mind. He said, hey Dan, hope you're well. Your life is so full of joy, and it's inspiring. He doesn't live here. He doesn't see my day-to-day life. But off my social media, which hopefully I, I like to think represents my life, he's like, there's something about it. It's full of joy was the word he used. And that's you as well because you were probably on there. We were talking about church and different things. And, and actually, it's not that it becomes a comparative exercise, social media, but actually he was inspired by joy. He was inspired by joy. The fact that we're enjoying life. Joy enables us to enjoy life. Because it's not based in our emotions. It's not based in fleeting feelings. We are set free from the demands of culture by joy. And our lives benefit from joy in the long term because it helps us to have perspective on our lives and where we're going. And the current situation doesn't feel very fun or happy. But actually joy helps us to see further. Helps us to see there is more. Helps us to see that the best is yet to come. So enjoying life doesn't mean that everything is going well. It just means that joy is evident in our life. And joy is helping us to persevere and push through. But there are things in our life that try and rob our joy. Kill joys, joy killers, robbers of joy. There are things in there that are wanting to take this away. And I've got five, which I think are going to help us today. Five things that try and rob our joy. The first one is this. Seeking self-gratification. Seeking self-gratification. See, when we choose to seek first... When we choose to say, actually, Jesus, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to seek first your kingdom like we read in Matthew 6. Then actually everything else falls in place. But when we just go, actually, I just need this or I need that. Or, or, you know, and, I, and, I can, and, and, and I've been there and, and, so, and it's such a temptation sometimes to go, well, I just need this. I need to sort this out. I need to sort this, this thing out. And it's, it's my thing. And, uh, but actually when we go, actually, no, God's got more for us. See, what does it say in Galatians 5, verse 24? Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That sounds pretty brutal. But I believe a simple way of doing that is seeking first Jesus in everything. That actually, the simple way to combat this and, and, the, and the feelings that want to draw us that way is going, actually, Jesus, I'm going to make you first. I'm going to seek first you in everything. You see, um, and some of you may have heard me talk about this before, but I believe it's incredibly important. Is actually sometimes in life we get wrapped up in a prioritization um, system or in our minds or whatever it might be of what are the most important things in life. Is it, is it family, then God, then church, then all God? And, and, G, and, and you know, we've got all these words flying around. And what is the order? And where, where do, you know, some of us are like, where's match of the day fit? And, and where does shopping fit? And, you know, key, key questions in life. But the thing is this, is when we simply go, well, I'm going to put Jesus first in my family. I'm going to put Jesus first with my friends. I'm going to put Jesus first in my work. I'm going to put Jesus first in watching football. I'm going to put Jesus first in my shopping. I'm going to put Jesus first in how I drive. He needs to help me more in that. Just being honest. I'm going to put Jesus first in whatever it might be. That actually then we're like, 
it makes life a lot simpler, I believe. And I'm quite a simple person, so I like simple things. So it's like, we just put Jesus first in everything. And then we seek him first in everything. The second one is this. Taking ourselves too seriously. Taking yourself too seriously. When was the last time you laughed at yourself? Right? Some people say, my jokes are rubbish. People in the office, they tell me that all the time. They do encourage me as well, the people I work with. Um, but the thing is, I, my, my line now is, they're not for you. They're for me. Um, ah, they're for, you know, that's why I'm telling the joke. If you laugh, then you are benefited. It's, like an, you know, it's just like an extra thing, an extra blessing. That's the way I see it. And maybe some of you are like, mm, yeah, that's a great excuse for bad jokes. Um, but the thing is this, is sometimes we, we take ourselves too seriously, right? And, and I've definitely done that in parts of my life. I'm like, I'm doing this and, uh, and, and I've, you know, I, I, it can't go wrong, whatever. And, and I have to look very prim and proper and be very British about it and, and all this kind of thing. But actually, sometimes it's okay to laugh and look back at ourselves. I love seeing our live kids worship here and here because they're just like, they're not taking themselves too seriously. I'm worshiping God, however. I'm going to run around in circles and sing. I'm going to jump up and down and sing. I'm going to sit on the floor and worship. You know, they're just like, they're up for it, aren't they? Because no one's told them to take themselves too seriously. No one's told them that's undignified or, or you shouldn't do that. It looks a bit silly. Well, no, because they're just like, I'm praising Jesus. I'm just going to give it my all. And that's what we're going to do. And so I think we can learn so much from, from, from our life kids when we see them worship. Because it just so inspires me to, I'm just going to give Jesus my all. I don't care what other people think. I'm just going to worship Jesus. Sometimes we need to just chill out and laugh at ourselves, right? And just enjoy life. Enjoying life means that we look back, laugh and learn. Look back, laugh and learn. So let's not take ourselves too seriously because Christ has set us free from those things. Comparison, number three. Comparison, it's a big one. Comparison. Comparison always robs our joy. Comparison always robs our joy. Someone said this. I don't know who it was, but it's flipping amazing. The only person you should compete against is yourself, and the only person you should compare yourself to is Jesus. The only person you should compete against is yourself, and the only person you should compete, um, compare yourself to is Jesus. The only person you should compete against is yourself, and the only person you should compare yourself to is Jesus. How freeing is that? Actually, it's not about what other people are up to. I'm just going to compare myself to Jesus. Because the reality is this is that Jesus is the one who's made us unique. Jesus is the one who's created us in, in his image, the Bible says, in Genesis 1 and 2. But then also he's created us unique. He's not created us like everyone else. And when we try and copy other people, whatever it might be, or I'll just be a bit like them and a bit like that. Jesus, who have you created me to be? Is a great question to ask him in your prayer life. See, comparison to others kills our joy because we begin to live with the grass is greener mentality. It's okay for them. It's all right for their life. It's all right for, for where they're at. But God's got more for us. He's got more for that person as well. So the people we're sat next to, they haven't got this special magical life, grass is greener, actually, they've, just like you and just like me, have got more. And God's got more for us. You see, comparison stops us moving forward because our measure is based on how well others are doing. 
Well, it's okay if I'm just a bit better than that person. Now, maybe there's no one here. Maybe it's just me who's just thought that in life at times. Maybe it's okay if I'm just a bit better than them. Whoa. Jesus got more for us. Jesus got way more for us than just a bit better than them. Because number one, that's not a measure that Jesus uses. He's like, well, you know, you have the fruit of the Spirit. You know, and if, as long as your joy is just a bit better than the person next to you, then that's fine. It's not what it says. Actually, these evidences of transformation, God wants to keep growing in our lives and keep letting out. And as we discover more of them, it will come out differently in our life to the person next to us. The only person we should compete against is ourselves. And the only person we should compare ourselves to is Jesus. And that's where our social media becomes very, very dangerous. I love social media. Big fan of it. But the thing is this, is that our social media will either kill our joy or inspire us to have more. That's what I love about what my friend messaged me, is that joy inspired him to have more rather than him just going, it's all right for them. It's all right for them. It's all right for their life. And that leads me to number four. Number four is this. So we've got seeking self-gratification, taking yourself too seriously, comparison, and then other people's joy. Other people's joy. You're like, well, that sounds fine. Well, in the story of the prodigal son that I mentioned earlier, as the son comes home and there is a party for the son arriving home, how does the older brother react? If you don't know the story, basically what happens is this. There's a party going on. The father's kicked off his amazing party. He's like, you know, he's got those big uh, like hog roasts, I imagine, and things like that. And just like everyone's loving it. Sorry if you're a vegetarian. There's probably salad. Um, and, and, um, and, and they're having this party and there's music and lights and dancing. All this kind of thing is going on. And, he, and the older brother comes back from working the field. And he's a bit dirty. He hasn't had a shower yet. And he's just like, oh, what's going on? You know, and he go and he finds out that his younger brother, the guy who basically wanted his father dead so he could have his inheritance, has come back and now they've thrown a big party for him. And so the older brother has a choice in this moment, but the older brother chooses to go actually, what on earth is going on? Why are we celebrating this guy? Why are we celebrating this guy? What's he done? He's taken everything you own, father. What's going on? Why are you doing this? And the father's like, Don't you understand? Everything I have is already yours. Everything I have is already yours. But in that moment, the older brother, the issue is, it's, it's his father's joy. That actually his father's joy is stopping him from living a joyful life. It's stopping him from having joy. Because he sees his father's joy. At some he completely feels like he disagrees with in the moment. And maybe that's nobody here. Maybe that's just me again that's done that in the, in the past and at times when I'm like, oh, it's all right for them. You know, you see it on social media or you, you, you're somewhere and you're just like, oh, this and that and the other. But actually, other people's joy can either inspire us or, or lead us to a place like that. So we celebrate as a family, not as competitors. Because we're a family, right? So we celebrate as a family not competitors. You know, I love what it says in Zephaniah three seventeen. 
He will take delight in you. This is God. He will take delight in you with gladness, with his love. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. That's God. That's what God does. That's the Father that we see in that story. And it's our privilege to celebrate and have joy with others. I love that every week we have an opportunity to fill in one of these. We've got prayer requests on one side, but praise report. Thanking God for what he's doing. Celebrating as a family. New jobs, healing. Um, somebody's pet's been found. Whatever it might be. We get to celebrate. That's real stuff that matters to people. Uh, you know, and, and actually we get to celebrate together as a family. And go, actually, come on. God is good. We're seeing some good stuff happen. Fifth one is fear. The fifth one is fear. And maybe we're like, I'm not fearful. I go on roller coasters. But fear robs our joy. Some fears grip us and hold us back. And this is the problem with fear. When I was growing up as a teenager, the fear that grabbed hold of my life most was the fact I just wanted to be liked by people. I just wanted to be liked by other people. So I just went around trying to copy them in their lives, trying to uh, copy what they were doing. But it led me to a place of actually I wasn't me anymore. I wasn't, I didn't, I'd forgot who I was, who God had created me to be. So here's some fears that rob our joy. Afraid of not being liked by others. Afraid to fail and get something wrong. Afraid to be different. Afraid to share um, our faith in Jesus. Afraid of my future. Afraid of being alone. Afraid of being me. And these are real fears. But Jesus defeated these fears on the cross. Jesus defeated these fears on the cross. So we can say, actually, no, I'm not going to live by fear I'm going to be reminded of who I am in God. It says this in Philippians 4. It's going to be on the screen. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray and in everything, tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It starts with joy. And fear will try and rob our joy. Because what will happen is the problem just seems too big. And so then sometimes what happens is, is that we magnify the problem when we should magnify God. And so this scripture reminds us to actually go, God is bigger than my problem. And God wants to uh, let more joy out of my life, grow more joy in me, transform me further. And therefore we begin to be reminded of who God is and what he has done for us. See, joy is a key, sorry, joy is a constant rhythm, not a fleeting feeling. Joy is a constant rhythm, not a fleeting feeling. And we can have joy in all parts of our life. See, Jesus faced all of these five. Seeking self-gratification, there was an opportunity to just do what he wanted. But he chose to seek first the Father's purposes. Jesus laughed and loved people and did journey with people. I see it in the Bible that actually... You've got to laugh at some of these people and with them. Jesus never compared himself to anyone. Jesus celebrated with others in their joy. And fear did not stop him, even when he was about to be arrested and led to die. Jesus invites us to get in step with him and his spirit. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Joy 
is the fruit that surpasses self-gratification. Joy is the thing that seemingly is forgotten, but actually God wants to remind us it's a key rhythm in our life. It is bigger than we ever thought. It helps us to persevere and endure. It helps us to see beyond where we are now and enables us to enjoy life. It is a constant rhythm in our lives. Just as we finish, I'd just like to invite everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And I just want to read this scripture to you. And I want to wash over you as you hear these words, because this is what God says to us today. This is what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. As you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.